Welcome back, everybody, to the BetUSNBA show, Monday through Friday. We are your spot for all the information, angles, and best bets you need for the night's slate. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, two of the very best handicappers you can find in the Twitterverse, Mr. Ski Profit, Mr. Chris Farley Bets Farley. Gentlemen, it was another interesting night of NBA playoff basketball. It's just to start off the top, it seemed like another bad night for all kind of the odd angle people. They lost all their Warriors money on Tuesday um, or Monday. Last night, they had to deal with all Chris Paul finally beating Scott Foster in a playoff game. It's been kind of a funky couple days, but you know the Celtics take care of business. The Cavaliers sort of figure it out here, and the Suns settle down. Um, and I'll start with you here, Ski. What do you think you learned last night? Um, yeah, uh, the the last part of what you said, the Suns kind of settled down. Maybe they starting to learn how to play together a little bit here. Um, it'd be interesting to see that as the series goes on. And other than that, I just had a really good day yesterday, so I enjoyed it. In the NBA, I went six and one. The one loser was the Hawks. Plus, I do think they can still be more competitive, but just not getting to the window. So I'll try to replicate that here on the show with a couple more winners. And it's been a tough matchup for them. The Celtics line up really nicely there. And the Suns, a big takeaway for me on that particular game, they had an offensive rating in the half court, I think, of like 126, which would be the greatest offense of all time, let alone the greatest half court offense of all time. So, like you said, Ski, maybe they're finally starting to figure it out, get a little comfortable, and find a way to kind of get to their spots. Chris, what were you watching last night? What were your big takeaways? Yeah, as far as the Suns and the Clippers go, uh, I mean, you know, the Clippers already did their job, right? They they got one win in Phoenix, and that's that's a big deal for the Clippers, right? Now they get to go back home. The the series is still within grasp, and I think it's still going to be a really tight series as well. Um, you know, I was I was on here talking trash about Devin Booker yesterday, and 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 he put me in my place, that's for sure. Uh, which you, you know, it's it's interesting the world we live in because. Um, Sometimes when you're just kind of like stating objective data, people people get offended or people have you know, problems with that. But the reality is Devin Booker usually doesn't step up that big in the second half of big games. He absolutely did it last night. And that's what the Suns need right now, right? Dur- Durant is still transitioning for this team. He's still learning how to be a part of this offense. So he's not quite all there yet. He's not quite as effective. But when Devin Booker is on well, like that, and you know Chris Paul is a good game too, that is an extremely tough offense to stop. But I think the Clippers are still going to be in it. And as far as Celtics and Hawks go, yeah, you know, some theme we're seeing, right, is that um, unders are hitting a lot. Two and one again last night. And I think a lot of these totals are just a, they're just a little too high. Uh, won some some unders on the Celtics and Hawks game yesterday as well. So um, something to look for as we continue in the playoffs. But good good games all across. I'm not unhappy about it. Yeah, it has been interesting, and it's one of the big things I try to look for in the playoffs and can be actually one of the ways to find some value. The market seems to tether itself to kind of that series price and whatever the line is from the first game, and you know some of those numbers just don't move quickly enough. And last night, the one for me, I mean, Knicks Cavaliers, I'm just going to keep betting under there. I might go under as low as like 206, 208 there. I mean, Ski, I know that you're always kind of looking at the market close numbers and how kind of those lines up. Have you looked at any sort of playoff things? Is there something – to be said about you know not getting too hung up on what maybe the game one number was as the market maybe is too slow to adjust to what's happening on court. I don't have data to back any of that stuff up, but um, I, I feel like at least I've seen a couple of flip flops. Like the Philly game, it was an over, then a, a really far under. I don't know, but in that series with the Cavaliers and the Knicks, I agree with your thought that I only look to play under in there just because um, the makeup of both of those teams. So. Uh, sorry, I don't have data this time around. 
No, that's all right. Something to think about. I'm sure I'll ask it for you again. And, you know, again, Chris, kind of the same question. As you look at this, do you think that you know, the market necessarily is efficient game to game? And again, these are short series. These are short time frames. These are much different than regular season basketball. You've got coaches and, and whole organizations now thinking about what changes to make and how to kind of flip things on the floor. So, I mean, how do you approach that? Do you look a lot at kind of the game one numbers as you're trying to look at game two? And how do you kind of parse that? We're talking uh, about about totals, right? Total spreads, either one. Oh, total spreads, either one. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, first of all, about about totals. I, I you know, I, I think the markets, um, the market still needs time to adjust. You know, the thing is, the the defense that comes into the, in the postseason is like jarring, right? It's, I mean, it's jarring for players out there in the court because they're just not used to that kind of physicality. You're seeing teams, you know, like the Sacramento Kings. They haven't played much defense all year, and you know now they're really physical. They're sticking on Steph Curry out there, so I, I think the markets still have to take into account all the offense that we've seen all season and the potential for these teams to score. So I still think there's going to be value on unders. Uh, you know, as as far as sides go, um, I, I you know I take a really cautious approach for that, right? Because we we live in a really reactionary world. But it you know one game doesn't mean much. You know we saw the Cavs dominate yesterday against the Knicks, just play a much better game. We saw that happen from the Suns as well. I expect that tonight from the Bucks. So definitely not one game. You know, you got to uh, wait for a little bit, bit more of a sample size to see how these coaches are playing playoff basketball and, you know, kind of the rhythm of these games. So, you know, the answer is is, is always to kind of take a step back and, and not overreact. But I do think that we can react a little bit to these unders. And I think I think the market is still going to be a little slow catching up. So good thoughts there in general. Let's get started here. We've got three games tonight. As always, we'll take a quick look at our best bet record. Again, just been a great six, eight, six to eight weeks or so for the team here. Um, we are now, good Lord, 22 games over 500. Again, Chris leading the way there, 84 and 64 on the show. Josh, 84 and 67. Some nice numbers along the way for everybody there. Let's get into tonight's games, and we will start with the Los Angeles Lakers visiting the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, we're at game two here. This number's bounced around a little bit. The Lakers were short favorites. The Grizzlies now taking a little bit, a bit of money uh, because John Morant has been upgraded to questionable. What a fun thing to get to say. Um, dealing with a hand injury there, one that he brought into the postseason and re-aggravated. The total sits at 226.5. Um, you know, the total, again, only about two and a half points here, lower than the game one total. The spread um, was five in the first game. Obviously a big adjustment because really unsure of what to have from John Morant here tonight should be an interesting game and uh, we'll start with you here Chris um, how do you think this game starts yeah I'm gonna look to play in the Grizzlies early in this matchup for a few reasons obviously the the psychology of it right the Grizzlies are at home this is game two uh, they could go down 0-2 against the Lakers team that has a ton of momentum right now and the Memphis Grizzlies have been the number two team in the Western Conference and they've held on to it for most of the season this is this is a top ten defense, probably top five defense most of the season, uh, and I know John Moran is injured. He said his pain is ten out of ten. That's not a good thing heading into a physical playoff game like this. But even without John Moran, we we've seen this Memphis Grizzlies team before pick themselves up, come together, especially at home where they like to you know hit that front court really aggressively. And I think we're going to see a lot better defense tonight from the Grizzlies again, uh, especially if they can keep the Lakers. In the in the half court, but they're they're a good transition defense as well. Just a lot of things happened in that first game. I mean, Hachimura eleven for fourteen. You know, Anthony Davis 
was hot from the field. Austin Reeves, even LeBron James was 50%, right? I mean, every, everybody shot well from the Lakers side. So I'm expect, expecting some adjustments for the Grizzlies tonight. I do not want to take them full game, though. I, I, I do think that long term, you know, just the way that the Lakers are composed right now in the roster, all those bigs, you know, the way Austin Reeves is playing and some of these other guys, uh, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to bet against the Lakers full game right now. But I'll take the Grizzlies minus zero point five in the first quarter. Just means they have to win. That's what they do. Bet this is one of the best first half teams all season. They cover a lot of first quarters and first halves, and we're getting a nice value here at home in a very desperate spot. So first quarter just for me, but I would lean um, to the under full game, and I probably actually lean to the Lakers. I think over the long haul, they just might be the better team. You really have to wait and see if Morant is in and out. I saw the comment there in the chat that the Grizzlies have been better without Morant, and and that has been off and on. If you dig into those numbers a little more, more deeply, they they haven't played as high of a quality of competition. It's just kind of a different team. But again, the more important piece is, can they be good without Morant and without Steven Adams and without Brandon Clark? It's just starting to add up for them a little bit. So I'm going to wait and see if he plays tonight. If Morant is out, it does seem like a fantastic underspot. He was really the only one pushing the pace and, and kind of attacking hard here for this Grizzlies team. And um, it should be an interesting game. Now, Ski, your Lakers, they won game one you know, this is the time, you know, are they going to rest on their laurels tonight? Or do you think LeBron and this team is trying to focus on taking advantage and maybe getting through this series quickly? I hope they do, but uh, I don't want to put my money on it. I just, I'm focusing on playing on teams in, in certain desperate spots. And this is a desperate spot for Memphis. They go to LA down 0-2, the series is pretty much over. So, you know, this is also a team that's played without John Moran plenty throughout this season, last year. They're comfortable in that role, and um, Ty Jones is a really good backup point guard. So I personally don't think John Moran is going to play in this game. So the way I chose to play, I went under uh, – it's not on the show here, but I went under 226.5, and, a half, and uh, I see it's dropping now. But Ty Jones just plays at a much slower pace. And the Lakers, they've been really good defensively post-All-Star, and the Grizzlies will be easier to defend without uh, John Moran out there. So I like under 226.5 and a half or – best number you can get right now i think it's still somewhere around there so that's the way i would play it yeah it's it does seem like it's moved that direction maybe morant is going to be out um again i'll wait and see so a couple leans from ski and i but chris officially here on the show he likes the grizzlies here first quarter minus half a point all they got to do is win the first 12 minutes Next game up here, again, we thought the injury nonsense was going to be done with the regular season. I regret to inform you it's back here quickly. The Miami Heat, without Tyler Hero, he's got a broken hand, probably out for the rest of the postseason, might be back if the Heat can make a little bit of a run here. They are up one game on the Milwaukee Bucks, still six-and-a-half-point underdogs tonight. The total, 219. And again, the Bucks six-and-a-half-point favorites with Giannis was doubtful now he's been upgraded to questionable it's always tough to figure out kind of with some of these back injuries it's a pretty funky game here but um for me i'm just going to take the under 219 is just a huge number for me uh you know miami heat games themselves have generally been under games all season especially in the playoffs when they really want to grind out the pace without tyler hero there's not a lot of offense left that's going to improve the heat's defense and again i expect this game to become more of a grind if Giannis plays or doesn't it just really struggle to see how either team is going to get enough points on the board to get us to this 219 um but chris you've got a couple angles for us yeah this this game is my favorite one to bet on today for sure uh and you know i know i know i bet on the warriors to bounce back the other night 
the the Bucks are not the Warriors right now. Okay, so I'll just I'll just put it this way: this is a way different situation here. Um, I first of all, I like the Bucks to cover. Uh, we got six and a half on uh, this show. I realize that line is going up since that news came out about Giannis. Uh, I still think there's value where the number is now for a few reasons. Uh, first of all, just a reminder: the Bucks were probably the best team. I mean, statistically. Uh, in the in the NBA past the All-Star break. I mean, great defense, great offense. You know, they mailed it in a few times, but uh, very, very consistent, you know, held on to the number one seed in a much better conference. And the fact that Giannis is questionable tonight, of course, only makes me like my bet even more. But I'll, I'm with you on the under as well, Alex. I'm going to take Miami's team total under 106.5 in this game too. You know, this is a Miami team that barely got over 100 points against the Hawks and the Bulls. Now they have to go to Milwaukee and you talk about an anomaly. The Heat shot 60% from the floor and from beyond the arc in game one. Get out of here with that, boys. That is not going to happen again in this game. And, you know, we're talking about a top five defense in the NBA right now, a desperate team that can get as physical as possible. If Giannis doesn't play tonight, you know, Chris Middleton had a great game one. He's in rhythm. He can hold up their offense along with Drew Holiday and others. And Drew Holiday, by the way, voted by fellow NBA players as not only the best defensive player in the NBA, but the most underrated player in the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks can keep this ship afloat, even if Giannis isn't in. If Giannis is in, I like this even more. But I expect great defense from the Bucks, a great response from a team that's a true championship contender, and the Heat to regress to who they really are, right? I mean, now they're without Tyler Hero. They're going to really struggle to score tonight. You know, whether Tyler Hero has been consistent or not, he has been like their number two to, you know, get those shots and create space. And now they're without that. So, you know, they're even more depleted. And it's a Miami team that's probably not quite as motivated, right? They, they already won in Milwaukee, so they got the job done already. Everything points towards the Bucks tonight. Can't help but take the Bucks and the under in the heat. Yeah, Mark, it does seem like it's telling us Giannis is going to play tonight. You know, Ski, I know you took the Bucks here at six and a half. What do you think at eight? What do you think of this matchup? I agree with Chris on the team total under. And um, I also think the Bucks get it done early and often in this game. Um, I, I just it's hard for me to see them not coming out focused. Um, everything that I've said about, you know, it, this is one of those situations where it's a home favorite after they lost as a home favorite. And you can't go back home. I mean, you can't go on the road down 0-2. So if I look at. If I look at the last 20, they're 16 and four straight up and against the spread. They win by an average of like 14, a little bit more than 14 points per game. And I, I just really trust the Bucks in this spot. I think the Heat are going to struggle without a hero, and the Bucks going to do it on the defensive end. So I agree with everything Chris said as far as the team total under, but I played the Bucks minus a six and a half. Yeah, again, seems like a good number. It's moved on you a little bit here, but official play for Chris and Ski. The Milwaukee Bucks about a six and a half for each of them. Chris likes that Bucks, I'm sorry, that Heat team total under there. Again, another good alternative, and I'll take the full game under 219 there. One more game left for us. Um, jump, dump in some questions you have in the comments, and we'll get to those in just a second. But first, the Minnesota Timberwolves, after kind of licking their wounds there from game one, are back in Denver. They're eight and a half point underdogs again. The total sitting around two. 222. Again, that first game, really tough to figure out um, if, the, if it's a Minnesota team that really was as bad as they looked or just a team where, you know, they've really pushed hard these last six to eight weeks and finally took a little bit of a breather, knowing they can kind of drop game one here on the road. It should be an interesting matchup. Ski, you've got an angle on the total for us. Yeah, I'm just listening to the coaches here. Um, 
Uh, first off, Coach Malone answering the question about uh, them playing fast or picking up the pace. He says, uh, we don't want to play a half-court game. If you get caught playing half-court, they're long, they're athletic. He says, they just played a couple days ago. They traveled here. We have to use the altitude to our advantage. We're a top-five running team all year long, and that's something that we feel is a part of our identity, and we have to do every night no matter where we are. And then on the flip side, Chris Finch talking about or answering a question on how to get Anthony Edwards going. He says, I think we got to try to get Ant to turn some more corners earlier in the offense. Says, I think he needs to try to get himself going in transition too. So it seems like both of these coaches want their teams to run. And that's what I'll bet over 222. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense for me. Uh, no plays for me in this game. I, I like that over that. That's probably the best angle here. Uh, Chris, what do you think of this game? Yeah, I, I love that take uh, from Ski. I didn't know what those coaches said, but I mean, if, you know. Uh, it's almost like a cheat code, right? I mean, when you know the way two teams are going to approach a game, you got to listen to the coaches, right? And it, and, it, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the Denver Nuggets now are a much better transition defense than Minnesota. Uh, but, you know, both teams are pretty effective when they run in transition. Both teams are very athletic. They got great shooters. And, you know, I mean, the Timberwolves scored 80 points in that first game. I mean, there's, there's a, a great chance that they improve, at least from that mark. Again, a desperate spot for them. Not a team that probably expects to win this series, but every team wants to win this series. I think they are going to attack from the very beginning, and I think the Nuggets are going to be just as potent. But, you know, because of the desperation spot, I mean, this is a Minnesota team that I believe beat the Nuggets twice during the regular season, or maybe three out of four times. Uh, I just had it up in front of me, I forget. But, you know, that was before the new-look Minnesota Timberwolves. I think, arguably, they you know they could be even better. I mean, I, I like someone like Mike Conley in there as, you know, an uh, older leader for them on the floor. And I expect him to command the ship along with Anthony Edwards tonight and for things to look better for the Timberwolves. So I would I would lean Minnesota's side, but I'm not going to take it. I mean, Denver can be so potent at home, uh, but I do like Ski's look on the over. Maybe look at some early overs too, right? Because if there are some halftime adjustments or things change um, in the game, maybe things can change. But um, looks like maybe a rare over spot in these in these playoffs. Yeah, it's, again, two leans for Chris and I. We like the over there. Ski has the courage. He's actually going to put his money down over 222 for Ski tonight in the Minnesota Timberwolves-Denver Nuggets games. A handful of questions here in the chat. Um, we'll start here with Mitch. Um, what do we think of Austin Reeves' props tonight, Ski? Can't talk you off. Um, he's been playing well for, you know, probably since the deadline or shortly after the deadline. Um, and they continue to play through him. LeBron sees that they're playing well through him. He's going out to the side, letting him do his thing. So I can only look at Austin Reeves' points, rebounds, assists over. Maybe just points yeah. and assists. Maybe maybe not the rebounds. But I know he's been a great playmaker, and he's been solid scoring the ball as well. Yeah, I was thinking just the points there, but I think those are all really nice angles. Um, Chris, what do you think? Talk about Austin Reeves, yeah. I mean – Really good player, but I, I do think that the Grizzlies' defense is going to uh, emphatically improve tonight. Uh, so I'm, I'm not looking at any overs necessarily for the Lakers, except for LeBron James, which I do see is is a question ahead. Um, so I'll, I'll talk to that when we get there. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, yeah, like his overs there. And, and let's just get into that. Um, you know, Anthony Davis props look at points and rebounds at 38. PRA is at 42. You know, Chris, you, you mentioned it. What do you think of those numbers? Yeah, Anthony Davis has been consistently aggressive now. We've seen it game after game. So I, I do like that. I think it makes sense. But I would rather go with LeBron James. PRA looks like it's at 42, but I'd rather take his points. 
And in these really contentious close games, which I think, I mean, you know, the line is telling you, right? It's a pick them. It's it's going to be a hard fought game. Uh, what do we see? You know, even at this stage in LeBron's career, he steps up, he starts shooting threes, he starts kind of taking over. I think we could see that again tonight when when the Lakers desperately need a leader on the court. He's still going to be the one that steps up. So I, I kind of lean towards LeBron's props more than Anthony Davis. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What do you think, Ski? I like the under in the game, so I do not want to be betting too many overs. The only over I will look at is Austin Reeves. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Brian Jones asked, you know, what do we think of Drew Holiday's PR points, rebounds, and assists? Again, try to give us the number there. Um, I did have a second. It looks like Drew Holiday is a 31.5 points, rebounds, and assists. What do you think, Ski? Uh, with the banged-up Giannis, I think that's a solid prop. Either bet on him or Middleton, right? Either one of them has to go off if we're thinking it's a, a Milwaukee smash spot. So I don't want to talk anybody off of you know either one of those guys. Yeah, what do you think of Holiday tonight, Chris? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Um, you know, it, I, you could probably go with Drew Holiday points and Middleton points, bet both of them. They could both easily hit because of what Giannis is going through. Or, you know, at least one has to hit, right? Because those two are going to have a – bigger onus on them to hold up their offense with Giannis a little banged up. So you're kind of hedging your bets. You bet them both. Maybe they both win, uh, but there's a greater chance that a, at least one wins. Hey, so Chris likes the Middleton over there, which is the next question also from Mitch. Ski, do you, again, same thing. If it's if it's a buck smash spot, do we play Middleton points over too? Not talking anybody off Middleton or Drew. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Last question here for Anthony Thornhill. This is a pretty rare bet, but um, really what a three-way NBA bet means, if, if you like um, soccer or hockey, they have kind of the same thing there. And it's very rare that these games go to overtime, but you're basically, when it comes to that three-way market, you're either betting that there will be overtime or either team will win before the game goes to overtime. So a little bit of a rare bet there. Is that Chris, is that something you ever look at? I'm not sure I actually haven't seen that for an NBA game many places. Yeah, I think you often see it, you know, in like quarter bets, right? So, I mean, basically what that means is uh, if you bet one side on a three-way bet, that side has to win. If it ties, you're not going to get your money back, right? So you can bet, uh, you know, like a first quarter money line, and if it's not a three-way, and if they tie, then you would get your money back. If it is a three-way, then you have the option for a tie, right? So then you would not get your money back if you bet one of those sides. So I, I see it most often with quarters. You can get more value. You know, um, in those cases, usually the line is more on, on your side if it's a three-way because, you know, the odds that it ties are, are pretty rare. Um, might be a good opportunity for that to, today in the Grizzlies' first quarter. Yeah. Ski, do you run into that a lot? I don't. No. I mean, I've seen it in hockey probably more so than anything else. I know a lot of people use that in soccer, too. So I don't usually see it too much in the NBA. Probably what Chris said, though, if you bet a lot of quarters, they probably give you that option. Yeah, quarters and a half. So great questions, everybody. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, hit this app subscribe bell. Dump a comment in there while you're at it. Let's take a look at our best bets here. Of course, if you're looking for a place to bet these, go to betustv.com slash join. Some really great offers there. Some nice sign-up bonuses. Chris has got three lucks for us tonight. Grizzlies first quarter minus half a point. Again, that would be a three-way line on the Grizzlies, if you will. Bucks minus six and a half, and the Heat team total um, under 106 and a half. I'll just take the full game total in the Heat 
Heat Bucks under 219. Ski likes the Bucks minus six and a half as well. As well, and we'll also be betting the Timberwolves and Nuggets over 222. A little bit of action in every game for you today. Thanks everybody for watching. We really appreciate it. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter as well as Chris at Farley Bets. You can find Ski at Ski Profit and myself at underscore Noops. More hoops tomorrow, and the boys will be back to talk about it. Best of luck until then.